Thank you for joining XR Home, which is India's first AR VR focused podcast. And today, I'm delighted and honored to have with me Mr. Charles Carrier, who's the president and co-founder of Scandi, one of the first 3D scanning depth sensors and computer vision companies. Their vision is to make 3D scan capture, 3D capture accessible for everyone. Mr. Carrier is also the founder of Anthroscan, a 3D printing company. So Charles, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. We'll really appreciate if you can start with an intro and background. Sure, would love to. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to speak with you today. Um, so uh, I had a, a I, I was, uh, you know, had a 20 year career in finance um, and was doing that. And a, a good friend of mine uh, was working for a, a 3D printing company um, and they were doing, um, uh, they were doing, they were being very, very acquisitive and they were looking for folks that were developing applications in the space and wanted to help promote that and he was saying you know i really need a company that can build a 3d scan to 3d print application and so we launched our first app uh and you know the the original impetus for this was the company that he was working for had just signed a deal with um it with intel for their uh real sense uh um uh, for their depth sensor. sensing camera, yeah. yeah. So for their depth sensing, depth, depth sensing camera, and the 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 idea was that this was going to be on a million, you know, tablets and meeting a a journey, meeting a a journey twenty fourteen. So we founded the company in July and was like, wow, we're going to have a market. This is great. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> fast forward to Christmas. You know, we didn't have our app out, but it didn't matter because there weren't, you know, there weren't a million uh, million laptops and computers with depth sensors in them, but. There was the structure sensor um, made by Occipital that was you could fit on an iPad and, and capture a scan. And so we built an app that allowed you to capture a 3D scan and send that to a company that 3D printed. That was Entrescan. So you mentioned Entrescan, which has been that that's we've we've sold that company to some colleagues that we were working with and they're running that very successfully today. But this is what we were originally doing. We were we were basically doing, you know, these. 3D printed figurines. Uh, we were we were basically fighting a, a a couple of different things in the market, which you know, not the least of which was there were just weren't that many consumer uh, depth sensors available for us to build a market on. Um, so anyway, we had some time in the wilderness there, and we ended up meeting a, a German depth sensor company called PMD Technologies, and they built the depth sensors for Google's Tango. Phone. I don't know if your your listeners will will remember, but uh, there were a number of different phone companies that were building these uh, these uh, Tango these phones to the t Google's Tango spec, and so those were the first augmented reality phones. Um, and we built our scanning software on that, and that was obviously in the Android ecosystem. And then, and so we were we were doing a lot of what I thought was very good work there. We were sitting at the table with folks like you know. Um, Google and Qualcomm and, you know, having really fun and interesting conversations. And then Google went and killed Tango as, as Googlers want to do. So we're like, oh, now we're, we're now what are we going to do? But uh, fortunately, along the way, we'd had, uh, you know, we'd made some good contacts that uh, in the industry that said, just sit tight. Apple's going to do something interesting. Um, and so, you know, I guess two or three months after Google officially killed Tango, um, they came out with the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 10 had uh, a depth sensor um, on the front, which is what what we know now is the, the face ID camera that unlocks your phone. Um, 
And, you know, within, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks after having access to an iPhone 10, we demoed, uh, <clears throat> we demoed 3D scanning on that phone. So, uh, and, you know, the rest is, you know, at that point we were, uh, you know, we were off to the races. We had uh, a mass market uh, consumer device that had a depth sensor in it. So that's really what we built for. Um, so we, we tried for a while to manage the Apple and the Android ecosystem because we were still maintaining support um, for Android, uh, you know, for for the, the, the few Tango phones that were out there and some of the Android phones. But ultimately, we realized that, you know, in order with a with a relatively small team, um, our real, you know, the real thing that we had to focus on was the Apple ecosystem. So that's what we've done. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Charles, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, when you get too early into this e ecosystem, it, it looks a little overpromising, you know, but then, you know, there, there are so much you learn from it, but you also get burnt you know, and, and that's what happens. I mean, spe specifically, if, if you're a small startup, I and I think that uh, I had a similar journey somewhere around 2016, not early as 2014, 2016, uh, uh, around 2015, I discovered virtual reality and 2016, uh, uh, Google had built uh, Odyssey, which is a 16 camera rig, a stereoscopic virtual reality rig. And, and mm -hmm. at the same point in time, I think Facebook had a camera, Nokia had uh, the Ozo. And we thought, you know, that that's you, you, opportunity away because it was really really expensive and to import it over here Bollywood Bollywood is big right the entertainment market and they wanted to create something uh, in virtual reality I, I thought that's an opportunity and can we create a, a, a virtual reality camera and and we we spent a whole lot of money did a lot of research we built our prototype of a 16 camera rig and then we realized that wow there's no buyers so so but but the 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 world has completely uh, changed, you know, from 2014 till now. I, I think uh, because of COVID, all of these tech stack has been accelerated into the future. And thanks to Facebook rebranding as Metaverse, I think that that rush of us moving from the flat interface to the 3D world because of metaverse is like really pushed the conversation has like really really accelerated so scandy you know one 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 of the first uh, few companies in the world of computer vision and making 3d capture accessible for everyone uh, where where do you guys stand at this point in time? Uh, talk a little bit about Scandi and the product. Sure. Well, so so we 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 basically have two lines of business. We have Scandi Pro, which is our app um, that we've um, you know that that's in the app store, um, and we we're continuing to iterate on that. Um, we had a little bit of uh, uh, you know additional time in the wilderness um, working with some companies. You know, big companies are, are you know are really good at getting small companies to to do work for them on the, you know, the hope and the promise that there'll be a big contract or an acquisition or whatever. Um, and so we've been, you know, we've kind of uh, had, you know, um, had some missteps there, but, um, you know, we're, we're really focused on, on Scandi Pro right now. In addition, we also license Roo. Uh, it's R O it's spelled R-O-U-X. Um, and that's our core, uh, that's our 3D scanning SDK. We named it Roo because that's, you know, we're, we're from South Louisiana, and uh, a roux is basically the base of uh, a lot of, of of a gumbo. So that's kind of the thing that you know is core to what you're building. Um, you know, if you're cooking a gumbo. Um, so anyway, the roux SDK allows other 
and other companies to build apps with 3D scanning built into that. So we also license the Rue SDK to other folks. And so um, it's being used in a, a number of different uh, verticals. Uh, there are uh, folks in the podiatry space that are using uh, the Rue SDK for their apps where folks are uh, podiatrists are scanning feet for custom uh, orthotics um, and you know ankle ankle foot appliances. Um, there are some folks that are using our software, looking at that for uh, for facial scanning, for for dental and other uh, reconstruction. So there are, there are a lot of folks in the medical field that are interested, that are either using Scandi Pro or our RU SDK to build applications for um, scanning of different human body parts. And that's really where uh, Scandi, um, you know, this the I would say the app plus the the hardware combination of the the iPhones with true depth sensors that's where the combination really shines is in is in body scanning right uh, would you like to elaborate a little bit more on the applications you know because i, I was going uh, you know through your youtube pages i mean uh, you guys don't seem to be so active uh, you know on on the social media uh, side you know then there are these new bunch of players you know new kids like in, in fact i, I think just uh, uh, my my a few episodes back i mean i interviewed luma ai and and they are like really going bonkers so so maybe address your your competitors uh, and, and talk about the applications. You mentioned about healthcare. Who, who are your users and users and applications? There's some others that have been, you know, kind of either acquired or uh, <clears throat> by other companies that have taken that, um, taken that in. So from a, you know, just a pure 3D scanning with the TrueDepth sensor right now, um, there are some other companies that, you know, are, are, are doing something similar. Um, obviously, I think we do it best when we're really focused on making it better. Um, uh, and, you know, in terms of, you, you know, you, you asked about more about the, uh, the applications, what people are using it for. So if you think about what Scandi, what Scandi strengths are, um, it's basically making a, uh, a geometrically accurate 3D scan. Right. And so for for instance, if you wanted to do something in um, in the metaverse, right, if you wanted to capture, uh, you know, if you wanted to basically put a representation of yourself in the metaverse, then geometric accuracy may not be the, you know, the critical sticking point for that. Right. However, if you are trying to um, basically take a, a, a scan of your face in order to fit eyeglasses and get custom-made eyeglasses, um, or you wanted to take a scan of your foot to make a, uh, a custom orthotic that would perform better than a generic orthotic, just something off the shelf. Oh, you have a size nine foot, we'll get you a size nine orthotic, as opposed to scanning the bottom of your foot and seeing the um, uh, the contour of your arch and then 3D printing an arch that would fit with your foot, geometric accuracy at that point is very important. Um, and so that's really where we, you know, and, and where our, you know, 3D scanning, where you have a patient you want to see in real time or near real time, did I get an accurate scan? Whereas, you know, for a photogrammetry application, that's not going to be as useful. So that's kind of where Scandi is, you know, is effectively focused and where we have our niche. 
Right, yeah. So maybe elaborate a little bit more about this geometric way of capturing things versus photogrammetry, you know, maybe elaborate and maybe go back and maybe talk a little bit about the tech stack, you know, the nerves. How do you go about, you know, creating the application that you built? So, you know, in terms of, you know, photogrammetry, photogrammetry can have, you know, fantastic results. So I, I certainly don't want to suggest that that's not a great, uh, you know, it's it's not a great tool. For instance, I think that, you know, if you are, you know, trying to capture, uh, for instance, uh, you know, for e-commerce, if you're trying to capture, a, you know, a shoe that you wanted to sell, right? You could have a, a photogrammetry rig. You could put the shoe on the on a pedestal. You get the great, you know, you get the perfect lighting. You take, you know, twenty to you know two hundred pictures. You send it off to a server. It reconstructs it. It looks absolutely beautiful. Great, fantastic. Not going to argue with that. You can get a very good scan with Scandi Pro of of that tennis shoe. But you know, quite frankly, you know, our texture mapping is, I think, very good. But it's not as good. You're not going to get potentially as good results as if you have a really good photogrammetry pipeline that's taking you know thousands or hundreds of th or thousands of pictures and stitching them all together. Um, the uh, you know, uh, effectively what Scandi Pro does when we capture a scan is that we're giving you feedback in near real time, right? You're seeing what's been, you know, what's being captured. We give you feedback to say, oh, you've lost tracking. So we don't have high confidence on, you know, the, the frames that you're getting now. We offer the user an opportunity to realign. Um, so, you know, right away, whether the scan you've captured is good. All the processing is done on the phone. You don't have to send anything to the cloud. Um, uh, and you, you know, once it's done, you know, it, it, for a larger scan, it may take, you know, 10 to 20 seconds to kind of finish the processing of the phone, but you can see in real time right there. Okay, cool. I've gotten this scan. This looks good for the use case that I want. So for instance, for a doctor with a patient, it's important for him to be able to know, okay, I've got the file that I need as opposed to waiting for 10, 20 minutes or even five minutes for the rendering to be done. The other thing that I would say that's that's interesting that that uh, I think a lot of folks are using Scandi Pro for is um, cosplay. So there are a lot of folks that want to make, say, Iron Man armor or Black Panther armor or something like that. And so uh, you know these are these are folks that spend a tremendous amount of time on, on their on their costumes and getting the right fit for you know 3D printed plastic is probably pretty important. Otherwise, it's going to be uncomfortable to put on. Um, so we know that a lot of uh, of cosplayers have uh, have used Scandi Pro to make uh, uh, to help you know design and and size uh, their costumes. What's the pricing plan plan, and what, what what are the devices that it works on currently? Great. So uh, the devices that it works on currently are any uh, any iOS device that has the Face ID on it, right? The True Depth sensor. Um, so that is the iPhone 10, 10s, 10R. 11, 12, 13, and 14, and also any iPad Pro after 2018. Um, we do get a lot of folks that ask us uh, about uh, LiDAR scanning um, on the more recent iPads Pro and uh, the 12, 13, and 14. We had, uh, we had support for LiDAR in there, and um, we were making some uh, adjustments to our software, and uh, it was... You know, we have a very small team, so we just decided to focus on true depth, true depth object scanning. Um, I can go into the differences between object scanning and um, environment scanning, um, but uh, effectively, we're really, you know, leaning into object scanning. We may 
add back LIDAR support uh, in our app later, but there are other apps that do LIDAR very well for free. Right. Yeah. Would, would you like to elaborate on uh, your object and environment scanning? Do you do sure. or, or an environment scanning also? So, no, no, we, I mean, you can scan an environment with, uh, you, you know, I could I could use Scandi Pro to scan effectively part of this room. Uh, but when you think about the depth sensor that's on the the uh, the true depth depth sensor, it's made to be used within arm's length of your face. Right. That's why Apple put it in there for face facial recognition. Right. Um, so it's not. And, you know, the the depth, the, the dot pattern that the infrared sensor projects um, and reads is, uh, is is pretty dense. Um, so it captures a lot. The depth map has a lot of resolution and it captures a lot of information. Right. Um, so it's really ideal for scanning anything the size kind of from a foot to basically a small sofa. Like I can get a very good scan of of those objects. If I try and scan the room, I'm going to capture more detail than I really need for most room scale applications. And I'm not going to be able to scan the whole room before I run out of memory right on the device. So that's why LIDAR with a sparser depth pattern um, is great for, you know, and the, you know, the world facing camera. Um, that's why it's great for room scale scanning. It's a depth, it's a sparser depth pattern. Again, if you're asking me to get get into the technical weeds. I'm not the guy to do that. That's more of our engineers to explain the differences. So I can play, explain the differences to uh, to a layman, but probably not to uh, a tech geek. But what's what's the pricing plan at this point in time? And, right. and, at this point, and, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And while you talk about the pricing plan, also talk about metaverse because I mean, you know, in the beginning of the conversation, I was mentioning that how we are uh, breaking away from a 2D interface and, and we're going to enter the 3D world. So where is the opportunity? Where's the largest opportunity you see for Scandi? For, so right now, um, and we're, we're about to change the pricing plan a little bit. It'll be roughly the same. So right now we offer, uh, uh, we offer one, the, the app is free to download and we offer one free scan per week. Um, and if you wanted to free scan save per week. So if you want to save the scan, you get one a week. Um, if you want unlimited scan saves, we have uh, a monthly plan for $6 a month US and an annual plan for $50 a month US. And then there's uh, an unlimited for a lifetime for $150 US. We are in the process of changing the architecture, and it's it's probably going to be a couple of months before we get it out there. But effectively, what we're, we're going to change to is um, you can scan and save all you want, but you can't export without that. Because we, we understand that 3D scanning is not like taking a picture, right? It does take some effort. It doesn't, you know, it's not a, you know, like, click. I'm done and it looks great. Um, it really does take uh, some time and care. You want your subject to stay slow, you, you know, to be very still. There are certain settings that you're going to play around with. And so we understand that, you know, we've done an analysis and uh, far and away, 95 to 98% of the folks that are that are coming to our app are, are novices. They just want to try it out. And so clearly um, we want to change that so that folks can really, they can scan, they can, you know, they can save, they can save these scans, but if they want to do anything with them, then, you know, we, we can ask them to, to pay us a little money in order to do that. So we're evaluating the pricing. I think that, you know, to the extent that there's, you know, there are, there's a small group of users that use it all the time. And, you know, clearly they're getting a, a huge bargain 
Um, you know, under our current pricing plan. That being said, we're also aware that we want to make it accessible to much, many more people who want to create. So if we move from that conversation into what this could look like in the metaverse, right? Um, you know, I think that to a certain extent, if people are, you know, capturing, you know, if, for instance, if I have this room and I want to recreate it in the metaverse to have, say, a virtual meeting, you know, in my little home office, um, you know, might I want to populate my home office with, you know, with scanned objects, with 3D objects that I can walk around and look at. So the opportunity to, you know, scan something and, you know, have that 3D file and then drop it virtually as, as I'm creating a, um, as I'm creating my sort of metaverse little environment, um, I think is pretty exciting. I, I think there, there may be some folks that want to do that. Um, the other thing that we did, we played around with for a while. And again, um, we're, we're very guilty of being early in things. We we had a volumetric uh, 3D scan application called Hoxel, where basically, uh, if you think about it, it's basically a, a, a moving 3D scan. Um, so if, if we ever get any interest, uh, you know, in that from others, we may, or, or we have some spare engineering cycles, we may bring that back out. But for the, for the time being, we really are focused on... Um, uh, sorry for the background noise. Uh, uh, for the time being, we really are focused on on making Scandi Pro better. Uh, I think you asked me earlier about my roadmap, and I didn't, um, um, I, I didn't, I, I forgot. But I, I'm I'm happy to kind of address that right now if you're interested. But yes, please, yes, please. Yeah. So um, you know, right now, you know, the the most recent thing that we did is we really improved the quality of our uh, of our texture mapping. Um, so when, when a user captures a scan, they capture it with, um, um, you know, they, we, we capture, we bring all the data, uh, in, um, and so that doesn't change, but they can capture in monochrome and the default scanning, the, the default color scanning we do is called per vertex scanning, where each, uh, each individual depth point has an RGB value. Um, and we, uh, interpolate, you know, the points between two depth uh, frames, but you know, with those different RGB values. So it looks very good, but it doesn't look as high resolution as consumers are used to seeing given the quality of the cameras on, on digital phones right now. Um, so um, we've recently uh, improved our, so the other way that you can capture a color scan is with a texture map where you have the a representation of the mesh, which is all the points that, uh, X, Y, and Z points in 3D space. And then you have a series of images which you then uh, associate with those points and you effectively wrap that, those images over the mesh, right? To give you a much more high resolution, uh, high resolution color scan. And so we've improved that a lot um, in terms of the seaming and the blending. Um, and I think we'll continue to iterate on that because people want scans that are not just geometrically accurate, but that also look really pretty. Uh, and so I think that that will help users as well. Um, we're constantly working on making our tracking better um, on so allowing users to move the camera across an object and capture that uh, better with less tracking error. So we're, we're, we continue to uh, we continue to iterate on that. Like I mentioned, we're going to change the way that we we charge for scans. Um, we're going to allow, uh, you know, we're going to allow users to be able to rename their scans and not just display them in chronological order. Um, so just really making the app more user friendly. 
Um, we've recently introduced a bunch of uh, user feedback that should allow novices to understand what's going on when they, you know, download the app. So we, you know, we've kind of moved away from saying, hey, this is a pro level tool, figure it out for yourself to being more user friendly to novice users that come into the 3D ecosystem. Yeah, you know, with these tech stack, it's going to enable, I think, anyone and everyone to be a creator, you know, play a role in building the metaverse or, or the future of internet that we have all imagined. So far, Web2O Web was built, you know, top down hierarchically with, you know, these big tech companies. And today there are entrepreneurs such as yourself who are giving the tools for anyone and everyone to participate, scan uh, your objects, your world, and you saying that you're making it as simple as possible that people can do it and, and you know capture those uh, objects and load it onto the metaverses, build their own metaverses. Uh, you, you mentioned about vo vo volumetric, and I think volumetric is again going to play such a huge, huge role. Though it, it, it's in such an early stage, and it, it's it's always like the, the question: uh, Are we? too early or should we take a you know a leap of faith and, and go build volumetric content you know because i think we've been restricted for the 2d interface for such a long time and, and we need brave entrepreneurs to push the boundaries and, and maybe the virtual world the metaverse that we are building will be possibly then exactly like this maybe talk a little bit about the volumetric stuff that you're doing and what are your views on india as a market opportunity Oh, I think India is a tremendous market opportunity. I'm, you know, super excited. I mean, when you think about uh, the content creation that goes on in India, just in terms of the the film industry with Bollywood, right, and just the the massive amount of content that is created in India and consumed in India, I see no reason why uh, the, you know that country can't you know lead the charge with this um there's so much innovation that you know that i see coming out of there um and uh i've actually uh, you know i spent uh i spent a little bit of time in india when i was in college and absolutely adored it i haven't been back since but it would be uh um wonderful to find an excuse to get back there uh that being said you know it, switching to volumetric and um i think that it is you know we're still very early on in the process. I mean, I agree with your contention that, you know, what we are trying to do is make 3D assess accessible to everyone. Um, I think that the, the real, you know, the real sticking point is people can make really, really good 2D content really easily right now. That's what, you know, this, the phones that are out there, it just makes it, you know, everybody, you know, um, you know, 30 years ago, 20, I mean, look, even 15 years ago, people didn't walk around with a hot, you know, nobody was walking around with a high quality camera in their pocket, right? And it was, you know, it was film was, you know, was was basically the key to, you know, capturing memories, right? Um, so, you know, I think that the, you know, the, the sticking point with 3D content is that, you're fighting against something that is, you know, you're comparing it to something that's so high quality in 2D. So when I was demonstrating volumetric video from an iPhone, streaming it to the web, and I was, you know, I remembered it showing it to, uh, actually I was streaming, I was capturing it from one phone, streaming it over Wi-Fi to another phone that was representing that volumetric video in 
augmented reality that we had built. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I showed it to this, uh, uh, not an executive, but th this YouTube uh, manager, you know, thinking that they, they're like, well, the quality's just not great, is it? I'm like, what do you mean the quality's not great? I am, sh I am, you know, streaming a volumetric video that you can see from, you know, you know, kind of like 180 degrees either side to another phone in augmented reality, you know, showing that, you know, in a different space, you know, how are you complaining about the, the quality? And, you know, she basically just said like users are used to these, you know, perfect images. So I think that that's the, you know, it's not the uncanny Valley. It's not a technical thing. Is it, is it good enough so that users will be sort of excited to create that proud to show it to folks because you really are, uh, you know, you really are competing against something that is really, uh, is already really good. So that's the, that's, I think that that's the, you know, that's the real sticking point. Right. Fair enough. You know, and, and that's what, I mean, the users want. I mean, with all the tech gizmos or, or the jargons that we give them, uh, it, it's all about creating something so compelling that, you know, they are compelled to move to to the the new interface. So, so Charles, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Wish you and, and the team the very best. Uh, my, my last question is because you know there is this convergence of technologies which is happening, and then there's this artificial intelligence which is playing a huge role in content creation. You know, we we have we seeing the the glimpses of you know uh, the the role of content creator being upended or defined, you know, because there's artificial intelligence, which is creating content, you know, there's like stacks such as, you know, stable diffusion, Dolly and mid journey, where you can do, you know, text to uh, uh, your, your image that people are doing text to video and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in that world, what, what would you have to say? How is content going to get upended in that world and possibly maybe the role of Scandi? Yeah, so I think that that's, you know, that's highly likely that, you know, we'll see something. I know a number of different companies are, are working on that. We've, we've had some conversations, be, you know, because there's there are companies that want to use the, you know, scans to help train models for, you know, creating things. So, uh, you know, for, you know, the AI models. So you can say, you know, you feed it, you know, um, you know, 500 scans of a chair and you label that and you're like, okay, you know, create a 3D model of a chair. So um, I think that that's absolutely going to happen. I can't tell you if it's going to happen in six months or, you know, 24 months, but I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's five years away because I think, like you said, the metaverse is coming. People want to be able to populate it. Um, and uh, that's highly likely. Um, so I think that, you know, clearly the, like you said, the role of content creators is going to be upended and this is going to be another tool and the content creators that figure out how to use this tool, right, um, can do it. Like I've played around with Stable Diffusion and, you know, my prompts don't generate the same looking stuff that, you know, the folks that are showing this, these great, this great stuff on there, you know, I haven't taken the time to go in and tweak things. I haven't taken the time to really understand the guts of it. And that's fine. That's not my job. I just, you know, I like playing around with it, but I also understand the difference that this is not necessarily, um, 
plug and play and it's still going to take creativity it's still going to take time and effort it's going you know and you know the the great thing is is that those of us that want to consume it wow isn't it awesome that that many more people can you know you know who really want to get into it so i don't think it's i think it certainly disrupts the um uh that creator industry i don't think it makes it go away because i still think you need people that put passion and time and um, energy behind it and that's what's going to deliver the best results you'll you, they just have another tool at their disposal right completely with, with you charles i think you know this is a tool which is gonna add so much value to the content creator's journey because through this instead of spending hours or maybe a huge team you you can leverage ai for at least creating a reference point and then iterating on, on that so it, uh, I, I think the, the creators need to leverage these opportunities and, and you know through scandy maybe in the in, in the next few years we'll be populating the entire metaverse through these 3d objects and, and 3d environments so wish you and, and the team the very best and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you Charles. really appreciate this thank you so much Eddie. this was fun i i <laughs> love speaking with you and i'm uh i look forward to uh um you know, following your podcast along the way. That's, that's awesome.